in the hood of Compton, California. I wear my Compton hat everywhere I go. Um, both to remind me of where I've come from, but then also to um, sort of educate the people that I work with um, that you can have computer sciences coming from places like Compton, Long Beach, Inglewood, you know. Uh, Hey, it's Katherine Rayberg, Director of Corporate Relations at the University of Illinois. Welcome back to the NACRO Dialogue on Diversity. You were just hearing from Anthony D. Mays, a Google software engineer who took time to chat with Tony Peebles, Director of Diversity Advancement and Corporate Relations at Case Western Reserve University, and me in this latest episode from Compton to Computing, where we learn about Anthony's journey to the tech sector, as he shares incredible insights from growing up in Compton, pursuing his passion for computing, being comfortable as his authentic self, and the importance of mentoring the next generation of tech talent. He keeps it real and very inspiring. You can also check out Anthony's BuzzFeed video in the show notes that has over 300,000 views on the unlikely path to becoming the 1% of Google. We hope our NACRO members will find value in this important dialogue on diversity, equity, and inclusion. Enjoy. Yeah, thanks, Catherine. Uh, good, to, good to talk to you again after the summer and uh, hope your family's doing well and safe. Uh, we're excited to be back. Uh, we've got a lineup for this fall of our uh, corporate partners. And um, so we're really excited. I'm uh, Tony Peebles. I'm a director of diversity advancement and corporate relations at Case Western Reserve University here in Cleveland, Ohio. And so I'm excited to be part of the podcast and I'm glad we're keeping this alive and, and keeping these important conversations going. Yes, and um, I should mention, I'm from the University of Illinois and lead corporate relations at the campus level there. And I'm just thrilled to have Anthony Mays joining us today. So Anthony, maybe tell us a little bit about yourself. Hi there, uh, I'm Anthony D. Mays. I am uh, the owner of Morgan Latimer Consulting and uh, a software engineer at Google. I've been, at tech, uh, been in tech for ooh, 20 years now. And uh, I've had quite a ride uh, from where I started to uh, now being where I am today. And so uh, my goal is to provide uh, information and um, help to folks who are coming up in the, in the industry, especially the next generation, uh, so that they can uh, uh, get farther than I've gotten. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to join us. I know this is an audio only recording, but if you could see Anthony, he's wearing a t-shirt that says kale. So we, before we click record, we had a fun conversation all about kale. We're all, we're all kale fans here. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Yeah. I mean, I, I love this t-shirt because if you don't look closely, it looks like Yale instead. And so I like to subvert people's expectations. <laughs> yeah, I, I like, I like that. Precious, prestigious institution uh, is what I often say. Absolutely. Absolutely. Anthony, talk a little bit, first of all, how you got into the tech space um, as a professional. How did you get into that career? What got you interested in it when maybe when you were in high school and your college choices and, and your education choice, what have you? I guess one way that I'd explain it is desperation. Uh, <laughs> I grew up uh, in the hood of Compton, California. I wear my Compton hat everywhere I go. Um, both to remind me of where I've come from, but then also to um, sort of educate the people that I work with um, that you can have computer sciences coming from places like Compton, Long Beach, Inglewood, you know, uh, 
Harlem, you know, whatever that may be. Anyway, uh, I started programming when maybe I was uh, eight years old, nine years old. Uh, my parents bought me a toy computer. And on that toy computer, I was able to teach myself the basic programming language. Thought it was super cool. I could build things that I wasn't seeing other people build. Um, had a mentor in middle school and another mentor in high school who both encouraged me to study and work hard. My second mentor in particular, um, you know, both of these mentors were computer lab instructors. And, uh, you know, my second mentor in particular uh, said, you know, you can get paid doing this stuff, right? I was like, what? For real? <laughs> I don't want to be Paul no more. So right, 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 right. <laughs> I went to the, attended the University of California, Irvine, where I got my degree in, in uh, information computer science. And uh, you know, <clears throat> at, at the same time, I was also doing a summer internship through Inroads, uh, which is a nonprofit that I love and, and stand behind because they helped me to get my foot through the door, uh, you know, taught me about corporate leadership, community leadership, managing my career, those kinds of things. And, you know, things took off from there. And so I'm very grateful to be in the tech industry, uh, though, you know, for much of that time, uh, you know, I spent it being surrounded by people who didn't look like me and who don't come from where I come from. Hmm. And while that continues to be the case, uh, you know, at least I feel uh, a certain gratitude and uh, joy over being able to, to see how I've been able to persevere and to see how other uh, like me have been able to do the same. Well, I like, uh, I like your story because, first of all, you found your passion early. Uh, I also like the fact that you uh, acknowledge several of uh, the on-ramps, if you will, like the Inroads program, which I'm familiar with because there's a very, there used to be a program here in Cleveland, Ohio, and the fact that uh, mentors impacted you early, including your parents who exposed you to, uh, to the career or to the, the, the study of computer science and got you interested at an early age. And um, the reason why I'm, I'm, I'm glad that you highlighted that is, is I think in higher education, a lot of our diversity outreach programs it, it, with a lot of schools around the country are trying to reach back into these communities, the community that's similar to when I grew up in, in the, in the city of, in the inner city of Cleveland, where if you don't get that exposure early, you don't get on that on-ramp, if you will. Can you talk a little bit more about that? I mean, that you were um, blessed, lucky, fortunate, uh, right time in the right place that happened for you, how do we continue to replicate your experience to get more uh, underrepresented minorities, if you will, into this particular very important uh, career? I mean, data is running everything in every industry, every nonprofit, you know, so right. talk a little bit about that. Yeah, so, you know, I was, I was most certainly blessed to be, um, go, to go through, the, I was thinking of the words, why am I blessed, am I fortunate, am I, I'm definitely um, you know, I grew up in a, a strong Christian home uh, where we, you know, believed and taught the scriptures. And, and so the value for hard work and a lot of that is, is actually informed by that foundation, you know, um, wanting to, to honor God and, and <coughs> work that I do. So those things are really important to me. And it serves as a lot of the motivation for why I work as hard as I do. Um, you know, part of this is I want to see other people who look like me and who come from where I come from, sure. But the other part is just I want to I want to do well for my savior, you know, because if I'm going to believe in something and, and be honest and bold about that, well, I may as well do it great. So um, I'm with you there. But but it also as part of that, um, 
you know, you, there were a lot of influence. There was no one formula. And I think that if you're a diversity and inclusion practitioner or someone who cares about equity, you, you, you want to think that maybe there's, a, you know, a 10-step program uh, to getting more diversity in this space. And it just doesn't work that way. Okay. Um, because there's a combination of these formal influences, uh, nonprofits, universities, educational programs, what have you, but then also the informal ones, the informal touch points. Uh, I, the computer lab instructors who served in my, as my mentors were computer lab instructors. They had no obligation to pull me into a classroom and to teach me and give me a grade. And oftentimes they didn't give me a grade. Uh, you know, it was just, they wanted to see the young people around them take advantage of this opportunity in tech. And so they gave me uh, that chance. You know, uh, with my parents, I ran up a, I don't know, $300 phone bill um, using dial-up numbers that were long distance. <laughs> so, you know, that was, that was you know, uh, patience on their part to not kill me and, and take away my access, even though I, I didn't know anything about the stuff and my parents most certainly didn't. Um, I wouldn't advocate for that kind of thing today. I'm, I'm very strict when it comes to my kids and the use of the internet for sure. But, um, you know, they were involved there. The, the, I had a professor, I, I ended up getting a C in my compilers class, I think it was. Um, it might have been a C minus. Um, and so I didn't do a good job in that class. But I do remember the professor um, outside of class after, after it was done, just coming by and checking in on me and seeing how I was doing and, and asking me about how my experience was and just having those conversations as we walked away. That was valuable. That, that, that's one of those things that, you know, my, my professor, who at that time, uh, uh, who was a woman, uh, you know, made me feel like, yeah, I, I, I have a place in the space, e even though it may not look like that, I have a place here. Um, and then, you know, even getting to a place like Google, um, the first black female software engineer I ever met was at Google. Um, you know, she provided me some, some tips and guidance for surviving the interview process. And it was such a formative moment for me. Um, to, to give me the courage and courage and confidence to continue on and then to to I think successfully be an engineer at the company. So it, it's a lot of those touch points that um, are hard to engineer upfront. Uh, a lot of it requires uh, people who have a willingness to, to to be influential in positive ways in official capacities and unofficial capacities. Okay. Uh, you know, and to do that in a way that, that, that helps people. And, and then all of that combined form this, uh, this foundation, this fertile soil for career and personal growth. Anthony, this is my first time getting to meet you. And it is very clear to me that you just represent your true authentic self. I, I'm just amazed, like um, wearing your content hat, you said everywhere you go, like, this is where I came from. Maybe share a little bit about um, your consulting firm. Are you helping others kind of represent their true authentic self? And how can, um, what are some tips you would have for all of us that do corporate relations, working in academia? How can we make sure we're showing up as our most authentic self? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, what's the point of diversity and inclusion and equity if people aren't able to uh, showcase the breadth of what, what makes them who they are, right? Uh, yeah, I, I, I talk, I, I don't talk about diversity and inclusion as a thing that's an add-on to mm -hmm. my career or to my uh, corporate experience um, or my experience in this industry is integral to that. 
um, the reason why I work hard, the reason why I'm so thoughtful about the program, uh, the, the problems that I encounter, the reasons uh, that drive my innovativeness even, those weren't all uh, shepherded in the college classroom um, or on the job. Right? A lot of these things are influenced by um, these attributes and qualities that we don't often see as being an integral part of the, the working experience and, and career experience. And I think that the more we talk about diversity inclusion, the more um, uh, you know you realize that these things are important and integral. And the more that we can, um, you know, draw those lines, uh, the, the the stronger teams we can have, the, the better relationships we can have. And so, uh, one of the things that I do at Morgan Latimer Consultant, and the main thing that I do now, is I specifically coach uh, folks in tech. To, to, to understand their career, their goals, what they're trying to do, to understand who they are. Um, you know, a, a lot of times it's easy to see folks in tech as code monkeys. Um, mm. You know, we're just sitting at a keyboard, banging out uh, code until uh, the screen looks the way we want it to. Um, and, and it's almost made to look like this uh, passionless, uh, um, you know, uncreative endeavor, uh, when in reality, uh, there's a lot that goes into it and there and you need to understand who you are as a person as a problem solver uh, in order to, to have success in this industry and so i try to walk my candidates through that so that they understand uh, what tech is what their job is to do what skills they should focus on and, and bringing my 20 years of experience to that and um and as part of that right um again if you're going to be successful in your career you need to understand the kind of person that you are and, and who you are and where you fit in and be able to communicate that uh, so we talk about brand, we talk about uh, mission, we talk about, um, you know, problem solving, you know, building that and integrating that into every aspect of your life. Um, and I, and I, I think one of the great values of me doing the work that I do is that I'm a guy who doesn't look like um, the, the typical cliche of what a computer scientist or, or someone in, in tech, would be. I mean, other than maybe the jeans and t-shirt and the hat, <laughs> but uh, you know, there, there aren't a lot of, if you go and look for, you know, tech career coaches, you're not going to find a lot of people who look like me. Um, you're not going to find a lot of people who come from where I come from, but more and more, you're finding that there's a growing population of folks who come from backgrounds like my own, and they're looking for people uh, like me who can not only explain the career uh, and, and the skills in a way that's accessible for them, but can do so um, you know, drawing those connections between, you know, the hard work that we talk about in, in this modern tech world and the hustle <laughs> of, of um, you know, uh, of the world from which I come. And so being able to draw those lines just, just makes the tech career so much more accessible, you know, when I can just be straight up and real with people, um, if, if I can use that phrase, uh, to help them understand tech in a way that is a little bit easier for them. Anthony, do you feel one of the things that I hear about a lot about uh, in the tech space is some of the bias um, that is involved with programming and design yeah. and, and, and the like. Mm -hmm. And so you touched on with your consulting practice, and I'm sure you take this with you to work at Google as well. You talked about, uh, as Catherine asked, the authentic self. So talk a little bit about the authentic self within the business environment, but then talk about how is your authenticity or how would a diverse individual's authenticity show up in their work, in their actual 
uh, programming or design and the stuff that you guys do, me being a non-tech guy, I'm an end user, but I know that they always talk about if this, if this industry is too homogenous, then you don't get that impact. So talk a little bit about that. How, how does that authentic self show up in the work, if you will? Yeah, absolutely. So I think there's a few ways in which that happens. Uh, uh, one, and I'll, I'll just, I'm, I'm coming up with this as I'm thinking about the question. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I'm glad that I didn't have notes in front of me. But the first is in relationship building. Um, you know, community is very important where I come from. And being able to work with, um, you know, know people um, and, and, you know, to, to be honest, right, in those interactions is super important. And uh, when it comes to working in tech, you're often not working by yourself. You, you have to be able to work with other people. You have to be able to be productive um, and, and cross various lines, whether that be product boundaries, role boundaries, team boundaries, whatever that may be. And so you need to be able to, to foster those relationships and uh, cultivate them for growth. And so I, I feel like coming from where I've come from, you know, I, I got to... Yeah, I come from an environment that tends to be diverse, right? Um, you know, if you're frankly not a white person, <laughs> you, you tend to end up in communities where you're surrounded by other people who aren't like you, right? Um, and, and it tends to be more uh, heterogeneous. And so I'm not a stranger to being in diverse spaces and being able to start conversations with folks. You know, I work on a team where I've got colleagues in Zurich, Switzerland. And, you know, I love to just chop it up with them in between writing lines of code. Um, and that helps us, um, you know, to develop rapport so that when it is time for us to, you know, talk about technical things, there's this level of trust that we have established. I tend to be one of the more personable folks on the team, um, you know, in terms of like jumping out there and, and starting conversations and, and meeting people and, you know, talking about um, not just work-related stuff, but non-work-related stuff. And I, I it, it it has an impact on the people that I talk to um, in terms of that, the, the positivity and the joy that I bring to the work that I do. Um, you know, and, and again, just being a Christian and being living that life of gratitude is also something that gets reflected often. So that I'm, I'm less inclined to talk about complaining about, you know, things that don't work and, and more into, okay, well, how can we find ways that do work? Um, so relationship building is important. You know, teamwork comes a part of that. Too. Um, I think another way in which my authentic self really helps is just in the way that I look at problems. So, you know, I grew up as a foster kid and former abuse victim who had been physically and sexually abused by the time I was four years old. Um, I grew up in a poor family, you know. So, you know, if the build breaks, right, and, and code ain't working, like, yeah, that's a problem, but I've had worse, <laughs> right? And so being able to persevere. Um, in a space where problems happen, you know, and, and being able to, to stay strong and resolute and, and to look, look for solutions is like, you know, that scrappiness that we talked about um, is, is, is something that um, where I come from is connected uh, to this idea of hustling. You know, you hustle hard, you got to work hard, you know, you got to do what you got to do uh, because resources are, are, are slim uh, oftentimes. And, you know, this idea of being able to work in constrained um, resource constrained environments as a computer scientist, right, is not a concept that's foreign to me because I grew up in that kind of resource constrained environment just in a different, um, you know, it just wasn't in the context of RAM and, and hard drives and all this other stuff. It was within the context of daily life. And so being able to persevere through tough problems, to stare them in the face, 
to calm down and say, okay, well, let's think about a methodical, systematic way to get through this um, is important. And so I feel like coming from a place where I've had to do a lot of problem solving, bringing that into the tech space uh, has helped me to be successful. And that's one of the things I try to convey to, um, to, to folks that I coach, uh, you know, as, as I'm helping them to, to, to navigate. Uh, so those are just a couple of ways. <laughs> I feel like there are other ways too. Yeah. If I come well, up with them, I'll just holler, holler them out. Oh, absolutely. Well, thank you for that that answer. Thank you also for your 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 willingness to be transparent about your 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 life experience, and it takes courage. Um, I like what you said about what you bring, and you use your personal life as that example. Catherine and I have discussed that a lot because when we got together, we our first podcast was just uh, Catherine and I uh, talking. Mm. And you know, we we found out how diversity works between the two of us. She's she grew up on a farm in a small town, and uh, she's married with three sons. I'm married with three daughters, and grew up in in the hood here in Cleveland. And yet, we have a real great commonality. We've built a friendship, and we have trust in terms of our ability to work within NACRO. Um, otherwise, we probably never would have met. I mean, our, our paths may have never crossed. I'm here in Cleveland. She's in Illinois. Um, so I appreciate that that authenticity. You've given me that. You've helped me make the case mm. for diversity in a way mm. that I think a lot of times we just scratch the surface. It's good to have different people in the room. But I like the way you describe that. And, and of course, using having the courage to use your personal story. So I appreciate that, sir. Well, I'm, I'm grateful. And I'll, I'll add this because you, 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 um, you just sort of brought this to mind. But one of the things that I've learned more than anything is, is not how different I am from everyone else, but how similar I am. Mm. And that's been the more um, enduring lesson of being someone from an underrepresented space uh, working in tech is that I've met so many people, you know, who are as tall as I am, who have as many kids as I do, who um, started their careers in tech in similar ways or went to the same school or, you know, think about problems the same kind of way. And I've, I've learned to appreciate the beauty of that, um, the, the fact that we do have more in common. And, and what, I, what I tend to do is, is do bridge building, right, to say, okay, here's here's how the experiences of my impact of my past inform how I deal with this in the future. You might come to that same conclusion, but from a different place. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, tech is a lot of what, uh, what you need in order to be a successful problem solver in tech is pattern recognition. And there are a lot of patterns in our lives that, that show up in, in how we grow up or so forth and so on. Like, yeah, I grew up poor in Compton. You may have grown up poor in, App in the Appalachian mountains, it turns out that our upbringing wasn't that different. It's just the people look a, a, a little different, and you know, uh, the, the you know, you might have run across more deer than I did, <laughs> but <laughs> right. But, I mean, but other than that, like you know, the struggle. I was just looking at an SNL sketch of a of a Black Jeopardy, the one featuring Tom Hanks, and I laugh, I chuckle at it every single time. Like yeah, you never seen it, go check out the SNL sketch, uh, Black Jeopardy featuring Tom Hanks. You know, and you, you sort of come in with, you know, this guy's wearing a, wearing a MAGA hat and you're just like, oh, this is going to go south. And by the end, they've built this rapport relationship that's, <laughs> you know, it's just hilarious. And I find that my experience in tech has been more of that than anything else. Um, okay. and, and again, you know, pattern recognition yeah. as a skill. Pattern recognition. Okay. Right. Not just in relationships, but but in the work that we do uh, is, is key. And I think. Um, that's another way in which my personal life experiences and how I relate with people, you know, how I feel like I'm building a very tangible work relevant muscle. 
So Anthony, one of the coolest things that Tony and I get to do in our roles is dream up programming and um, ways to continually push our, our universities um, to create the best talent pipeline that they can for the corporate space. I mean, we're in the human capital business of getting talent and innovation transition from academia into the corporate space. And um, I, I've been working with companies who are putting a lot of money and priority around a diverse talent pipeline. Yeah. I would love to get your insights on if you were creating a program uh, for students that may be diverse and wanting to go into the tech space or just enter industry, what, what would you say they need? What do they need to make that transition from academia to the corporate world? What kind of things could we create um, that would help in the future? I think the most important thing, so if I were to design a program, I think there, there'd be uh, several really important keystones. So one is, is making the students do the work. Mm. Um, and I, you know, it's so important, especially in the tech space, for, for students to get over that barrier of, wow, this is scary and it looks so complicated and, you know, I'm not sure if, if I can, can, can hack it or this and that. Like so much of being successful in this space is about doing. Um, and you're going to make mistakes along the way, but that's all right. You need to do it anyway and learn from those mistakes. And that's how you will grow in your career. And so, um, you know, uh, doing can mean a number of different things, right? Uh, it can mean leading meetings and discussions and um, getting other folks involved. Um, it could mean, you know, building tools and frameworks, you know, and showcasing that stuff and via hackathons or whatever that may be. But you know, students have to see that they have a responsibility, right? That nobody's going to give this to them. Uh, they need to be doers, and they need to practice that that muscle of doing and, and practice and you know and, and making things. And so that would be a really important part of this. Um, so you want community? Build it. Um, start getting folks around. Use the practical tools, right? I mean, you got social media, you got um, productivity tools of all kinds. There's nothing that really stops you from reaching out. And, and that's one of the things I love about social media now is that you have folks who are starting Facebook groups, LinkedIn groups, building a platform, you know, on these various things and saying, I'm making spaces that I don't see. And these are students that are doing that. And a lot of times we as professionals and, and as the grownups, if you will, can come alongside these students and, and empower them with the tools and with the best practices and lessons. So that's the first thing. Second thing is, um, you know, obviously representation is important, right? So being able to see people um, from these different backgrounds and, and all that um, who can come back and shepherd, right? So I have a responsibility as someone who's been in my career for 20 years to go to the folks who are, who are uh, newly coming up and say, hey, I'm here. Um, I've done what you're trying to do, um, or at least some of what you're trying to do. Here's how I um, help. And that was one of the big benefits of the Inroads program, um, in which if you have students listening at all, um, or even if you don't, everybody should go check out inroads.org because I got to meet, you know, folks who were, you know, wise in their career um, who came and, and poured um, into me advice and, and help. Uh, I think another thing that's important is, um, you know, just basic, basic uh, um, career um, uh, guidance things, you know, like how to talk to your boss, how to start that conversation. Um, how to um, deal with difficult coworkers, um, how to dress appropriately, how to know what to wear on an interview or at, at a certain function, all those other kinds of things. 
and and doing that in a way that's going to be accessible again, right? So like if I'm talking to to other black folks, yeah, especially black dudes, I'm gonna be like, yo, zoot suits might have been cool in 1920, whatever, but you can't wear that to <laughs> don't wear that to the company banquet. It just it ain't right, you know. Don't your prom clothes were for prom. That's not gonna you know help you be that successful. That's hilarious. I right. I mean. Right. I mean, I grew up in church with these things. Right. Absolutely. And, and I, I saw a lot of young kids, you know, uh, that I interned with that came in with the really long jacks. I'm like, yo, bro, like, you know, <laughs> not going to lie. You really stand out. I'm not sure you want to stand out like this, though. So, you know, but being able to, to bring that experience is, is, is one of those things that there just isn't a lot of that. You know? All right. All right. That sounds like do the work, jump right in, get a yeah. mentor get a community, get professional development. Yeah, I like yeah, it. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. So, and, and again, you know, I'm, I'm a big fan of getting out of the way of the people who, because I, I think there's a lot of motivation amongst folks like me who come from these underrepresented backgrounds who come to the space. Like once we're empowered, then we go and do a whole bunch of stuff, you know? And I think one of the, the best things about working where I work is I've been empowered to um to make change and to do things and to write articles and to build a brand and so forth and so on and uh, that has helped me to be successful and i think for a lot of young people they just need to know like you're empowered specifically i I can't speak for a lot of other industries but within tech um especially within silicon valley tech you're empowered and to go do amazing and incredible things Um, this is how you begin to take hold of those tools and 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 use them for for good uh, Anthony, what advice would you have for young, not only young underrepresented minority students, but even professionals mm-hmm. who are in the tech space? Um, I know here at Case Western Reserve, and I'm sure this uh, Catherine experiences this at, at, at Illinois, uh, we have a pretty robust um, tech transfer space where we have faculty and research developing new innovations in the tech space, particularly in our engineering school, but not limited to. And then they create entrepreneurial opportunities where there's opportunities for venture capital. I came out of the commercial banking and venture capital space for 25, 27 years before joining the university. And uh, this as my second career. It's fun to watch it from the other side of the house. But I'm always concerned that not enough of our young folks get the exposure to the entrepreneurial pathway. Right. I, I, I'll, I'll be dating myself. I came out of college in the 80s. And so in those days, you wanted to go corporate and big corporate was the thing. And I worked for a bank for 20, 20 years and that type of thing. Um, so talk a little bit about that space. And then Catherine, I think we'll, she'll have us wrap up with a couple of things. Yeah. So, um, you know, when I looked at the industry, so I, I, when I came into tech um, and computer science and those things, my number one goal was to get a job. Like I just, I just needed to get a job that ensured that I had the income to take care of my family and do some of the things that my parents and, and uh, grandparents and uncles and cousins weren't able to do. Like that was just being able to do that successfully and starting a real career um, was would be a groundbreaking thing for me and for my family. Um, and so success for many people who look like me who come from where I come, that bar is is actually pretty low. (laughs) 
compared to folks who come from more, uh, I think, privileged and empowered backgrounds. And, um, and so there has to be this acknowledgement that for, for, for many uh, people who came up maybe the way that I did, you know, just being able to clear that bar, bar is an amazing, unprecedented thing. Um, a lot of why I, I get um, attention in tech is because uh, the way I phrase it, I'm a black man that got a job, <laughs> right? Like that's, let's be real. Like I'm a black man that got a job at Google. That doesn't happen very often. Like that's pretty groundbreaking. <laughs> and, you know, I look forward to a future. I know the where, feeling. <laughs> right. And I, I look forward to the to a future when that's unremarkable because it's just something that happens. Right. Um, and the more remarkable thing is that um, folks like me are making businesses and, and starting entrepreneur endeavors that, that change the world. Um, but so, so I say that in, because I don't want us to, to neglect that, uh, but I fall into this trap of like, hey, you need to go get a job at this place or you need to really work hard so that you can be employed by this person instead of saying, you know, entrepreneurship is a really valid, um, is a valid path and an important one. Um, even if you get employed somewhere, I think you need to explore entrepreneurship, right? Uh, you need to learn how to uh, how to start an enterprise, run it for some time. Even if it fails, the things that you learn from that process are super important. And and for, for me, being an employee and an entrepreneur uh, has helped to round out the kind of person that I am professionally. And uh, you're right; we need to talk about that more. You know, in in Another really important reason is because that helps the economic impact spread. So there's the economic impact of me having a career in tech, being employed um, at a wonderful company, and being able to see that wealth develop intergenerationally um, within my own family. Um, but it's different if I start a business now my community and I go back and I'm, I'm you know helping other folks now that that spreads horizontally you know to family friends neighbors other folks within my community who are taking advantage of this and I think that that's an important aspect of this and so I think if, if you if you imagine you know um, getting jobs in tech spaces is impacting that vertical intergenerational wealth um, I think we see entrepreneurship is is going horizontally right and having that broader spread out impact and so um, yeah. Andy. Well, that was well put. I yeah. like that. Very yeah. Good, very good analogy. I just am so grateful for you taking the time to, to share your knowledge and experiences with Tony and I and with our NACRO membership base. And um, we, we really do like to share this really broadly um, so that our colleagues in academia and industry alike can um, just get a more comfortable and get a better feel for the importance of diversity and these partnerships. So with that, we'll close out. Well, thank you so much. Is there a way you'd like our listeners to get in touch with you if they'd like to follow up? Sure. So I am Anthony D. Mays, M-A-Y-S, on all the things, uh, including LinkedIn and uh, Twitter and what have you. Um, if you ever can't, if you can't remember that, just type in Compton in Google and I'll pop right up. <laughs> uh, you can also- I bet you figured out the uh, Google search analytics behind that. There it is. There it is. Top ranked. <laughs> Um, you can also reach out to me by way of Morgan Latimer. Uh, that's Latimer with one T uh, consulting, or sorry, MorganLatimer.com. Um, and uh, if you are interested in coaching and helping your tech career, feel free to reach out. 
Well, thank you so much for uh, sharing your wisdom and knowledge and experience with us. And uh, we, we may want to have another conversation. This is fascinating. I appreciate you. Very cool. Thank you. Thanks thank for you me. so much. Take care.